Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Are you interested in the paranormal? And then all of a sudden we hear this. Down a hallway, when there's no one else there, I would go, maybe there's a ghost farting around these halls. Intelligent conversations. Uh, we don't know a lot. We were, we don't at all. And we never claim to. Furbies. Do these things so you could essentially kiss the Furby, but you're really kissing your ghost partner. Furbies again a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what you want your Furby for, but. To kiss. <laughs> Biting people. Do you like a food enough to bite middle schoolers for No. It? <laughs> Do you? Mystery boxes. A box full of human heads was reportedly stolen from a medical supply truck in Denver on Thursday. Find the Spooky Spouses wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me. Hello there, and welcome to Camp Havenside. As you may have read from the podcast description, this show is a seasonal anthology horror podcast, meaning that every season is its own separate and unrelated story, and you can start with any season when listening to it. If you are a fan of hemophobia and you would like the show to continue to exist, please support the Patreon at any tier from 3 to 7 to $15 a month. In return, you'll receive early access to new episodes, a mini-episode made based off of you and your fears, and even access to virtual live shows wherein I perform material from hemophobia streamed for all of you. Also included is access to the patron-only Discord server where you can chat with myself, chat with other fans, and also have access to regular live streams as well. Join the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash cswhorror, no dots, no dashes, and the link for it is down in the description as well. If you are a fan of Hemophobia and other podcasts as well, you can always support the show by subscribing to Apollo+. Plus. Apollo is an audio fiction-only podcatcher app with the best interface I have seen in any podcatcher app, and by subscribing to their paid service Apollo Plus for just $10 a month, you'll receive a variety of content such as early access to episodes, ad-free listening, and bonus episodes as well, from shows like the SCP Archives, 13, and Mayfair Watchers Society. From Hemophobia, you will receive early access to new episodes, as well as ad-free listening, and other perks along the way. You can access Apollo Plus by downloading the Apollo Podcasts app, or by going to www.apollopods.com. The link is in the episode notes as well. And of course, if you enjoy hemophobia, go ahead and pause the episode now and leave a five-star rating and review on whatever podcatcher that you listen to. It really does help. Now presenting Camp Havenside. As always, hemophobia is a horror podcast and thus contains very graphic content. All content warnings can be found in the episode notes down below. The role of Sam and the blood are played by CSW. The role of Grace is played by Kayla Temshiv. The role of Shane is played by Mason Amadeus. The role of Molly is played by Brooke Jeanette. The role of Judith is played by Annika Hansen. The role of Timothy is played by Brad Colebrook. The role of Thatcher is played by James Oliva. The role of Calvin Sanders is played by Jordan Reed. The role of Dennis Reeves is played by Ian Eberson. The role of Heather is played by Tal Manier. The role of Malcolm Gray is played by Graham Rowett. Ensemble is played by Dustin Parsons, Caroline Minx, Tucker, and Haberlin Roberts. The choir is made up of Brooke Jeanette, Mason Amadeus, Haberlin Roberts, Caleb Ritchie, Atticus White, and Noel Woolery. Additional vocals contributed by Annika Hansen. All writing and sound design by CSW. Enjoy Tuesday Part 2, and look out for Wednesday Part 1, coming Wednesday, January 3rd.
night was falling. The water of the pond became still, dark. There were no ripples on its surface. In the darkness, the sickly green shades of its water were not visible. The grass grew crisper, firmer. In the death of sunlight, a faint chill became manifest, and blades of grass were sharper. But it was not felt by the campers. The hum of locusts rose in the air. As the night became a deep black, it ceased. Leaving behind the sound of something else. gleamed down from above, but in the forest they were not visible. There was always something blocking them, and when that something blocked them they ceased to be real, as if the thing covering them were more real than they had ever been consuming their dead light in the darkness of its silhouette. And as the colors of the forest changed, the warmth of sunlight withdrew from Camp Haven's side. Timothy felt a strain in his chest. He checked his phone for the time. Evening worship would be starting in 12 minutes. He turned to his left, faced the great clearing between the pavilion where he sat waiting, and the boys' cabins. He started walking. cabin was already open. He entered. Where is it? Shane, I swear. The inhaler was on Timothy's bed. There. Timothy held the inhaler in his hands.
there was an empty cabin behind Timothy. There was nothing behind Timothy. Something was before Timothy. Show him my salvation. Sam? Sam lifted his eyes from his Bible, found her face. Can I talk to you for a sec? His eyes were sterile. Still. Sure, yeah. Sam stood up from the metal chair followed Grace out into the field, distant from all the people seated under the pavilion. Off to the side, Calvin leaned over a computer, preparing the hymn screen for evening worship. Grace stopped walking, turned around. Sam stopped his steps. So, I know we don't really, like, talk much, but for some reason, Heather told me that, that, like, I needed to be careful with you, or around you, or... or something like that? Oh. Um... Yeah. Sam's eyes felt a push away from hers. Almost magnetic. So... So I don't really know... I, I really have no idea where it came from, but... There were facts, there were words, there was spoken, there was unspoken. He opened his mouth and it was like they were all clogged in his throat. There's just, uh, been this rumor going around that, um, Sam shifted from foot to foot. He looked down, down at his feet. 
looked at them for a long time. He could not look back up. Not even when he said it. I guess that you and I slept together or something. Oh. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's, um, wow. Okay, do you know where it came from? No idea. There's a lot of people who have repeated it, but no one will tell me where they first heard it. I tried to get them to stop saying it, like... Like, not not because... Like, you... I, I don't mean I've... Like, it's not that you... Yeah, I, no, I don't... no, I am... I understand. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to make sure, is all. Didn't know if there was something I should be worried about. No, 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 of course not. There's nothing to worry about. She nodded. Walked away. Back toward the pavilion. Sam watched her walk. He looked down, then back up, headed toward his seat. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful sound? Voices, all of our voices made into the single voice of God's people. All for one. To the see one. three different churches, three different church families and bodies of believers become one in Christ. Children gathered around you him. You see, that in its exact form is what God has always wanted. Always is time relative. And that's he why is in a beyond world time, that goes against time Christ and against Christians, a world where it can be challenging for us to follow Jesus in a world that does not. Playing victim. There's another will that becomes very important here. The will of the church. Now, the church has been around for a long time. Here, anybody, uh, trivia time, pop quiz. Anybody tell me when the church was first born? Pentecost, Acts 2. That's right. It all started at Pentecost and goes back to Pentecost. And it's at Pentecost that Peter says those famous lines, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, that's the part everyone knows, right? That's Sides the big headline. Walls, Verse 38, front everyone's favorite verse to pin up on their bedroom wall. But I personally find that the next authority, verse, verse 39, is almost equally important. It says... The promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Only black oceans of sin, a lighthouse calls. here's something I think a lot of people don't understand, guys, is that, see, he says, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And then some of y'all are saying, well, who's that? Speak it into my mouth. Who does he mean when, when he says that? But what that means is everybody, guys. God wants everybody to be a follower of Him and to dwell in His Glowing spirit. Water, pool, 
tight see, skin of gray cloth, leg of long polished ivory. Don't think that's that. All we exist for. It's all we live to do. Living grass. But the thing we is, guys, this issue comes whenever people start seeing their own wills as different from the will of the church. Is that where I stray? But if you're part of the church, your will is going to be the same as it. To worship God. By nature, now, it might or take a different should form, be or is. But ultimately, your will is the same, just as your salvation is the same. Did he make the same person Jesus seven billion times? Of all versions of himself? Narcissist. means that, whether you know it or not, to be frank, whether you like it or not, oh, nothing that's... I can do about it, you, just by virtue of oh, existing, my. of being a human who exists, you belong in the church. There's got to be a catch that's to this. That's why we've got open doors. That's why we stress so Something often that, that I'm not getting. in the church is important. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your skin color. Your gender, your nationality. The difference doesn't matter because we're all the same. You're welcome here, and you belong here. Can I get an amen? Hey, first four stone this what God originally intended, and why he sent his promise and his son Flesh for everyone. Stop it! That's why the only comfort, the only real fulfilling and lasting comfort anyone has ever found is in the church. <sighs> The world cries out. This morning out. we talked about the idea of guardrails. I remember the idea of pure something aisle. you deliberately put in place to prevent you from going off the path God wants for you. A road without signage. But How do I even know? What guardrails do break? What do we do when we find ourselves thrown off the road? Why even have we don't have any more guardrails there to catch us. Miles of guardrail, well, maze of well, abstinence, drive, never hurt, never escape. Enough. Well, no, the answer here, you need insurance. You need someone to make sure you're going to be okay. That you're still living as God wants you to. Keeping to quiet. To make sure you don't stray too far straight from the Straight from the herd, path. straight from salvation. And who knows that path better than a group of people all following that same path? Unfalsifiable migration and with no navigator. 40 years. There's so many people these days who say, Yeah, God, I'm Speak it into my mouth. Make it easier to chew. Here, but your people, your bride... Now, I don't know about that. I want to be a Christian, but not part of the church. Is it me? Is it me? Okay. But what they don't understand when they say this, though, Never do is quite that know if that it's me. is literally impossible. It is literally not possible to be a Christian without living in the church. Is this God what will bring me into the water? All this? over the Old and New Testaments, over and over again, constantly calls his people to assemble as just that, a people. And it's not hard to see why, because if you want to be a Christian without the church, what you're really saying is this. I'll speak it into my you mouth. I might just swallow it without noticing. Quiet! His house. You want to be a part of the kingdom of God without being inside of the gates. And you want salvation, but only if you baptize yourself. Oh. Now, does that sound very practical to you? Was that for me? Guys... God does desire an interpersonal relationship. He does. But the thing is, guys, God did not come here just to save you. How is it love then? If you want to be actually following the Lord, you have to surround yourself with the other people who were saved. Always with contradicts desire. People who were on the same page, under the same king. Thought that was everybody, like it sure or not. You follow the path God wants you to. I can't know if how you don't, would they. Who's gonna back you up? Strength in numbers? Help you keep to the path God has chosen for you? What else will keep you mindful to the will of the world, still out there looking to conform you to its simple, complacent ways? Dear Lord.
You cannot be a Christian without the church. It's not possible. Is this my home? To be a part of the church, to share in that communion. Is this my home forever? To love and serve and worship the Lord for all eternity. Brothers and sisters, that's what it means to be Christian. More? What else, guys? What else do you think makes us think of ourselves as separate entities from the church? As these, these loose cannon Christians who work alone with, with nobody else? What do you think? Maybe arrogance, right? Because to some degree, by drawing a line between the church and you, and you're saying, well, I don't need them. I, I don't need other people to help me with my own faith because I'm perfect, right? We'd like to think we can take on everything ourselves. You know, in our culture today, I don't we know. Think Sorry? What, Sam? I don't know. I guess... sometimes. Sometimes I can feel like I'm... the only one thinking the thoughts that I'm... thinking. And I wonder, would anyone else in the church really... like... understand... if I told them? Hmm. What makes you think they wouldn't? It's strange. It can feel sometimes... like... even when we're all together in a group and... we're all singing and we're all praising it... it can still feel like I'm singing... alone. Almost, almost like we're not even praising the same God. Well, uh, what other God do you feel you're praising? Not, not the, a, a different God. I, I, I don't really know what made me say that. Welcome back. Where is he? I couldn't find him anywhere around the pavilion. Oh, man. Do you think he's at the cabin? Probably. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I think he's just in the bathroom. You sure? Yeah, I saw him walking back to the cabin earlier, before service even began. I, I just figured he'd be back by now. Okay. I hope he feels better. I also hope this is the only time we have to take Shane's word for something. <laughs> Fair enough. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good The mass of concentric circles disbanded, arm-linked worshippers separating. Around Sam, 
Voices that were just previously raised in harmonic praise went back to chatter. Laughter. Soft words. He didn't say anything. He looked down at the pile of glow sticks in the center of the devotional. Sam took off his camelback to empty it for the night. Sacrifice! Air and water for Gilly! Shane sprinted, both fists in the air and one clutching the pouch, fleeing fast into the distance. Shane, I swear to... <sighs> Sam was struck again from behind by Molly's broad body, sending him with her into a sprint. Shane reached the dirt road, kicking pale brown puffs into the air, then set off toward the edge of the boys' cabins. Molly followed him, and Sam followed her. When they reached the dirt road, they took the same turn Shane made as he coiled toward the north, speeding past the cabins. He sprinted toward Canteen just a few feet more before meeting the forest wall, slipping straight into it. Shane! Sam halted as they reached the wall. Molly went past him, preparing to penetrate the brush, then turning to him. Come on, he's gonna get away! Sam stood still. He looked at the dark wall of the woods. I mean, he's gonna bring it back eventually. We share a cabin, I'll, I'll see him. Is Sammy Boy afraid of the dark? The dark, scary forest? Sam's feet shuffled, shifted. Molly stood, hands on widened hips, eyes bowed derisively like two twinkling opals. He looked at her. Her back was strangely straightened, and her shoulders were thrust back, or her torso was thrust forward. He looked at her, looked at her, and then looked at her eyes. He felt he could smell something, dark and unnameable. Or if he could not smell it, he felt it in some equally unnameable way. A dark and phantasmal pheromone, incense burning on the altar of her skin. I I'm not afraid of anything, I just... You know, Shane, he'll, he'll always come back. She stepped forward, claiming his hands. Or, we come together. How about that? Sam looked at her. I... What do you mean? <laughs> Sam stumbled through the trees with her, braced for thorns and scratches. But received none. Molly sped away, her grip on him remaining but diminishing, until again he was following her. He did not know why. He did not ask himself. Footfalls were hardly his own, but they carried him along on their blissful, suspended rhythm. He felt a laugh lodge in his lyrics from within and without, until he claimed both territories. He laughed at the trees, the leaf-covered ground. 
he laughed at the sky. His skin tingled, and he felt it inside of him as well. Like a song his body was singing without his voice. He closed his eyes. He opened them. There was so little difference. In either, the essence followed him, courted him, made him synonymous to it. He felt it clouding all senses, ceasing all sensations, replacing everything with a scent so stinging and bitter at first breath, then intoxicatingly bending him to its favor of him. He closed his eyes and the words came back. The verses. The crosses. The stumbling blocks. The rolled tombstones. The pillars of salt. The hair used as a mop for feet. The three days. The seven sins. The twelve apostles. The 39 lashes, the 144,000 sealed. The weeping eyes of Mary, the glaring eyes of lions, the inescapable eye of God. But when he opened his eyes, he did not see them at all. They were not there. Molly's pale arms swung like oars, skin bright against the black background of the forest. Young among the old earth. She surpassed Sam in speed somehow faster than she had been in the field, and he doubled over breathless. He panted, throat hoarse and hot without his camel back. His eyes followed Molly until she vanished in the overflowing cloak of her own hair, blacker than the sky. Sam panted. Air ran in and out of him as he stood up straight, then looked around, then thought, then remembered, then realized. Realized where he was. Trees shifted. Branches twitched without wind. It was still. Sam looked up. The stars were not visible. 
He turned to his left. A figure sprinted toward him. Looking over its shoulder, pacing tentatively. Sam squinted. Grace? She stopped, looked around her. She saw him. Approached him. Who is that? It's Sam. Shh! Don't talk so loud. Why not? Because I... Here, let me show you. Sam followed her, ducking his head, leaning over her shoulder. Through gaps in the twigs, he could see a small, moonlit circle. He squinted. It was the miniature clearing that, in continuation of the trail, led to the abandoned cabin. (laughs) See? (laughs) In the sparse light, he could make out two black forms, masked partially by foliage. They were two forms, but they looked as if merged into one. He stuck his head forward, held back from falling by Grace's hand. Two campers, silhouetted, rolled and rustled in the fallen leaves, faces pressed together. (laughs) (laughs) He looked into her eyes. When he did, he saw that she was looking into his. He stopped laughing. She did too. Grace lowered her hand, revealed her face to him. He did the same. Almost like we're not even praising the same God. Always the followers massed about him, bleeding and quivering like sheep, waiting for a shepherd. Always the thin, gold-edged pages between his fingers and in his eyes. Always the bodies in the pews and the hymnals hanging over him like toys over a crib. Lost. Always lost. Lost in the button-up shirts and the skirts of measured inches. Lost in the presence and absence of instruments. Lost between the golden bowls passed from hand to hand to hand to hand to hand. To the empty reception of the empty receptacle. But here there was none of that. The words and codes and whispers lost their motion blurred into abstracts, faded into the smoky obscurity of that moment, a moment where nothing was certain, nothing was defined, nothing had a name. There was only him and her in the wild Sylvania of the earth, discovering their own nature There was only him and her, chasing the chase itself. 
sneaking and darting among the trees of the garden and finding one another in the clandestine darkness, as if hiding. Hiding. From whom did they have to hide? was that? I don't know. Sam closed his eyes. Listened. Sam turned, found the direction. He held Grace's hand, gestured. He led her slowly in the direction they had come from, and turned right, pushing through interwoven twigs. Gaps shined through the branches. Moonlight glimmered beyond the twigs, but Sam couldn't see anything. He could only hear it. <laughs> Sam turned to Grace. Swallowing, she silently peeled back the branches. 